0: I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Jace. I thought you'd come on with like a small cowboy hat
1: or something.
2: <laughs> you remember that?
1: No, no, no we don't. We don't remember it, Jace. I just I just brought that I, I'm thin here. Oh, how dare you, sir. I take I'm rigid that.
5: You're listening to Sablin'
4: Podcast. Sapmin!
5: Sablin! You're listening to episode
6: 123 of Sablin' Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend slash sometimes a rapper friend, Morgan Richards.
5: Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and while ambition might be critical, hope is all we have and all we'll ever know. There's no
6: fucking might
5: in Ambition is critical.
6: <laughs> Basically, the thing is with Ambition is Critical, the, the title Ambition Ambition is Critical. We took that from Twin Town, where the guy goes, Ambition is fucking critical. And then the other ah. one goes, I think it's, it's ambition is critical. There's no fucking in it. So there you go. Uh, yeah. This week's This week's podcast is a tenth anniversary special for a band called the Blackouts third album called Hope see that see that you could swear (laughs) I knew everything about the band about how much information I know about them but yeah this is about um, yeah this episode is a special for the 10th anniversary of Hope by The Blackout and uh, yeah me and Morgan were both blessed with the presence of Gavin Butler James Richard Davis aka The Bob and the mighty Jason Perry
5: yes getting the band back together because these Podcasts are probably the only whoa way. Whoa now, whoa How? now, um,
6: whoa, whoa now. You just said, <laughs> then the back. Bamb- whoa now, whoa. Don't give people false hope. Whoa, don't give me false hope. We, wait there, did we mention? What? You were telling me. What, we came back together? No, 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 wait, we, wait, we, let we let we get we'll get to head. that. I'm too
5: excited, I'm too excited. We'll get to that. But April 4th, 2011, the Blackout released. their crowd crowdfunded, critically acclaimed, and fan-cherished record, Hope. So with this weekend marking its 10th year anniversary, we thought it'd be nice to gather some of the lads together again to take a trip down Memory Lane. And it's quite an interesting dynamic because not only is it a collection of former Sapnin podcast guests, but a look at different aspects at this album cycle. Obviously, Sean, Gavin and Bob have the band in tights, but Jason Perry was your resident producer. People will know him as a frontman from A and behind the desk with some incredible other bands like Kids and Glass Houses, McFly, and Don Broco. And I bring that kind of fan perspective to it as well, trying to conduct everything and control the chaos as we dive into the album's track listing, the whole Pledge music experience, all the amazing things you did in 2011. And I cheekily... Ask again about a possible reunion. I'm trying, guys. Guys, I'm trying. So, he is trying. There we he go. He is trying. And uh,
6: <laughs> all I need to say to anybody who's a fan of a Blackout is keep listening.
3: Ooh.
6: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, what could they mean? That could be anything. Oh, my good lord.
5: Um, but Sean, it's 10 whole years, a decade. Can you believe it? How are you feeling?
6: I cannot believe it. Um it's flown by, obviously I miss it um but yeah this this was a very important record for us um I didn't think that we'd get to make it or even get to stay being a band, so yeah, this was a massive, massive moment in the blackouts history um it's where we kind of found out and finally believed that we had support of people um because before that i think we all just thought we'd maybe fluked it and then um yeah for this it was it was amazing to see people come together and want to support the blackhead so yeah this is um a real good chat thank you very much to gavin thank you very much to bob thank you very much to jason we had such a good time with all of those guys yeah it was such a good chat and yeah fingers crossed for other stuff yeah in the future.
5: Yeah, I mean it's always nice to get you guys together again and like reminisce about some amazing times. Obviously, we did something similar back for episode 26 when we celebrated the best in town. And yeah, it's just it's just nice to have those wholesome wholesome moments. But um a quick thing, Sean. Yeah. A lot of people will link you to hairstyles over the years you know in in bands and on being in the cover of multiple magazines you always fronted a different hair a color or a style or something but this era of the blackout was when you decided to have that little pointy blonde but i can't describe it you got rid of the (laughs) fringe slightly for a little bit and had that pointy bit up right you've said before that inspired the likes of jedward to steal the hairstyle and in a weird full-circle moment this week, Jedward shaved off that hairstyle and have gone completely bald for charity. So that's a weird uh, coincidence. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know don't, don't, where are you going
6: with that? What?
2: What's I going to do with you?
6: Perhaps Jedward knows it's the 10th anniversary and he's like, oh, we've had this ridiculous haircut for nearly 10 years, man, because of that plonker shave it off even though i just like to say um just for the lawyer's sake um i genuinely don't believe that um jedward had their hair like mine oh. um sadly but they did nick a load of shoes that i was going to buy i literally went to go and buy a pair of shoes once and they had worn on the night before on X Factor or The Voice or <laughs> Pop Stars or <laughs> right. the bloody yeah. TV TV show they had to bash at and then I was like well I can't have them now because I got blonde hair and look stupid so if I have them someone's going to go whoa top and bottom you're doing a Jedward impression you prick and I'm like I'm older than those and bastards yeah. Oh, tell you what, Jedward. I know you listen every week because you're massive fans, right? So why not come on the podcast and let's have a chat about music, uh, rock music. They must like some rock music. Remember they did that Blink One Eighty Two cover.
5: Yes, they did. Yeah, all the small things.
6: They did. A, yeah, they did a Blink One Hundred Eighty Two cover. So mm. that'll be. Um, Come on and have a chat to us about all that. Even if you don't care or don't know anything about it, it'll still. I bet you it'll be a laugh. So yeah, <laughs> Jedward, get in touch. If you're listening to this and you know Jedward, give him a poke for us. If you don't know him, get get at him at Jedward Planet on um, Instagram, Twitter, and stuff. I think because we, we'd like them on. I think it would be a chaotic, chaotic interview. Oh,
5: it'd be a good laugh. Good laugh for sure. But before we get into this episode, a quick reminder that if you enjoy these podcasts and us putting one out each and every week for your enjoyment, please head over and have a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash to support us and keep this thing going each and every week. And over there, not only is there a whole host of extra rewards like bonus podcasts, a look behind the scenes of how we make things and stories from our like, individual careers, but you get to be part of the most beautiful thing ever to come out of Sapnin, which is our lovely community of rad awesome people. So that's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. And if you can't do that because times are tough, please, please go and give us a follow. At least. On our social media pages at Sapnin. At least
6: give us a follow, you tight, tight bastards. <laughs> also, if times are hard, I'm very very sorry about that. Um they're hard for everybody. Um but yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin, like you said, or follow us on our socials if you can't be asked to join the Patreon because it's more than four steps. It's not, it's probably about three. Um check out at sapneninpod at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's on Twitter and Instagram at pod
5: Yes, well to send us a message. We all like to read stuff and maybe share your favorite memory from the Hope era of the Black But without any further ado, Sean, there's no more waiting. Oh, we better keep on moving. Is. Jesus Christ. This is the tenth year anniversary of Hope with yourself, Gavin, Bob, and Jason Perry. You make the devil inside wanna come out. <laughs> Ray.
6: Was that for this Album? I don't even fucking I, can, I yeah. didn't know, it was it, tidy <laughs> fucking tidy <laughs> there, was like, wait that was our um no normal waiting was our Deftones. tones uh, the rip off when it it was um yeah anyway get yeah have a listen to this satney
5: satney
4: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
6: SAPPENING! Yes, this week we have the ever lovely friends of mine. First off we have Gavin Butler. SAPPENING! And then the mighty uh, James Bobby Davis. Saplin! <laughs> Bloody hell! I was very enthusiastic, and nobody, nobody expected that. No? I, and uh, last, but by, by no means least, the least enthusiastic person I've ever come across, the mighty Jason Perry. Saplin. I mean, ah, uh, uh, of course, of course. Cool for school. <laughs>
5: But thanks. Thank you all for uh, joining us for this special reunion and reminisce of 10 year anniversary of an album you guys did in 2011 called Hope. We're going to have a little chat and dissect everything um, about that record to, to really celebrate it. So I just thought to start. If we could go around and get your earliest memories of this era of the blackout and when everything started with hope, because obviously you released The Best in Town back in 2009 and that was a record that elevated the band to a a new level and you left Epitaph at this point. So yeah, let's just go through how the process originally started, if we can
0: someone banded the idea of uh, crowdfunding wasn't it and we originally we were a bit uh, a bit dubious about it because it, it was fairly new at the time not a lot of uh bands or what well, anyone was really really doing it so um we kind of i can remember that's my earliest kind of memory of, of the old process was meeting the pledge music guys i
1: think yeah uh, it was just i've got a sort of strangely sort of because I'm, I'm thinking of it as a whole now and trying to think of it you know in terms of what it ended up being which we will kind of talk about in a little bit but the sort of early stages of getting the record together in any kind of way was pretty uncertain and um, kind of fraught with a lot of potential pitfalls and danger and not really sure in exactly what we're going to do so exactly like Gavin was saying we were oh, as you mentioned in the intro Mark, we left epitaph not really in a it was sort of begrudgingly left epitaph that we didn't really want to do so because they'd been very good for us but we were just in a position where the the sort of label financial politics of it just wasn't happening for us at at that time Um, and they were just holding their own corner we don't bear them any ill will or anything like that Um, but then we found ourselves without the label and the support that we'd had that had been so good for best in town and then we felt not really sure about where we were going to go with it. So, and I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the order in which did we have songs already going. Like, was the was the record pretty much you know up and running as a sort of writing thing by that point when we talked about the
2: songs on the album. <laughs> songs,
0: <laughs> songs on
1: this album. You wrote songs for this album.
0: I can remember. A, I, I'm sure we were in the mindset of we don't know what the fuck's going on let's just write some songs anyway and then kind of see where that goes. And I'm, I'm sure there was some, some songs in, in, in the bag uh, when we went to go see pledge, I'm sure. Cause it, it didn't feel like a rush, just like when we did the uh, crowdfunding thing to be like, Oh shit. Now we've got to write an album. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can't remember it being that. I,
6: I think we had some ideas there. And then when pledge, because it was Pledge Music that we did it with, wasn't it? I think yeah. prior to us, I think there was only Charlie Simpson maybe have been the only person to do it in the UK prior to us, I think. I think, I think
0: r- Funeral for a Friend might have done something oh, did, with them yeah, as well. Yeah, they did.
6: Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, Funeral for a Friend, Charlie Simpson, and then they came to us. And I remember... Uh, I remember our first kind of being kind of offended by the offer to be honest and going like well no we don't want to like beg for you know beg our fans to make a record for us and I remember sitting down when we sat down with them in the office and they were like nobody has to buy any of this stuff you can just put it up there for sale if they want to buy it and do anything that you guys want to do that's cool otherwise you know otherwise it just doesn't get sold and we were like oh, oh okay that, that kind of makes it a bit a bit cooler I guess and then when they said you know I, remember, I literally remember sitting there and them saying, right, what do you want? What won't you do off this list? And it was like a list of another band of what they would do. And we were like, oh, we do all of that. And they were like, okay, was there anything else you want to add to it? And I remember Matthew going, oh, we haven't all been to the zoo in a while. And then so we added, we added. Oh, let's put go to the zoo with the blackout. You know, for a Yeah, if two people buy it, that means the six of us get to go to the zoo, and we get to take two people with us. And we ended up selling out all of them pretty much instantly, which was insane. Yeah, we. I think we took about ten people with us to the zoo. Nice. Uh, <laughs> there's,
0: a, there's a video on our YouTube somewhere of it.
2: Oh, wasn't wasn't there a yeah. story where some kid won? like a personal gig with the blackout and you thought you was going to play around some kid's home, and when he got there, he would hide the village hall and sold like 100 tickets. Yeah, exactly
1: what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not <even laughs> There's not a story like that. It's that story.
2: <laughs> I love that. That kid's amazing to me. He totally played the whole pledge system.
1: Yeah. I love it. He's just gone like, oh my God, what an opportunity to make money. <laughs> Capitalism, let's go! <laughs> he
2: take my pledge, yeah. my pledge, and flip it, and
1: I can't remember much of that. It was just, um, I mean, it was, we showed like, it was just that though. It it was just like what, like we, as we arrived, I want to say it was the first one we did. We did f- was it like a church hall? Yeah, it was like a little town hall. Because we sold yeah. five of those, and they were they were big money. So we, because I just thought to like add to what um what Sean was saying about like when the, the we saw the list of all the stuff, I can remember the same it was like the same day or the day after or whatever we'd obviously gone to London for that meeting. And I can remember being in the van going home back to South Wales, and all of us just like spitballing ideas of what we could possibly do, because we were really kind of like of the opinion of right well okay what can we do because we're a bunch of like you know we've always had a kind of good relationship with the people who come to see us anyway so we're like all right what can we do that's not going to be awkward because we're going to be cool about it and it'll be fun for them to do if they want to do it so there were all those things and we're like yeah we could do shows in people's houses if they can thing it and we'll just like i said like going back to that idea of like oh we don't want to make it too you know like exploitative or whatever it was like well we just make them we'll put them at a price that works for us and if people buy them because they want to, they're good and if they don't shift they don't shift but they all went straight away and then that town hall one was like the first one so we went all the way down to wherever it was we somewhere in the south of england and we drove into the thing we were like, you know doing the whole sat nav thing we were like right this is the address town center can't oh it's in there isn't it it's definitely oh. in there then and out he came yeah. dum- hi guys you're we like all right but how's it going he was like you're here for the gig we we're like we're here for the private show that you bought <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: but we had a few of those didn't we like we did like a few like what else did we do we did um we, it was did a lot a
0: of it. we kind of chipped they in like, together yeah, communal jobs so where like a bunch of
1: friends had like yeah. put in like 50 quid together and then got like an acoustic show or a gig or something like that and i was like that was they were all like they were pretty good
6: yeah, there was um, one semi strange one where we turned up and played acoustically in um, someone's house and the audience was the person's mother, a dog and him. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. I think I mean, that was
0: the first that's, that's ever one. Show. On that, Sean. <laughs> 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 what was that? Chase? <laughs> he said he's done real shows like that. <laughs> yeah, but
6: yeah, but this was just in someone's living room. We turned up. I reckon it was just so weird. I remember us trying to just get in and out as soon as we possibly can. Um, we DJ'd at Alex Tompkins's sixteenth birthday party in her house. Remember that? Trying to
0: th- I was trying to think of her name the other day because I was talking about that story to someone. Yeah, and yeah,
6: we DJ'd her house, and yeah, the, the, her family made like a big deal of it, and her dad threw like a fancy dress party, and I remember. Her dad being drunk and he tried to give us money before we left. Remember like he was like, yeah. uh, he was like head. Uh, it was, I want to say he's like maybe an area manager of a McDonald's somewhere was, or
1: something like that. Uh, you're conflating two stories then. Cause I think that was, Am I? yeah, I that know. was another, it was another one of the shows unless it happened twice. But I distinctly remember one individual's father being very uh, enthusiastic about trying to give us some extra cash
6: yeah, you are fact. right. It was two different stories. Yeah, the, he was the head of yes. Yeah, he Alex was. Thomas' yeah, yeah. His father was the head of McDonald's. What I've confused you is, I tried to give him basically free money by giving him the advice: make the double sausage McMuffin for twenty-four <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> yeah, no, the one you're talking about. Yeah, I remember it was somebody's father, and he came out and like we we like we all like had a chat to him, and you know he asked us about what was going on, and we explained this, you know, the pledge music thing to him, and I think he was like, he thought we were like down and out destitute, so he was like, I'm sure he tried to hand snozz like two grand's worth of £20 notes before yeah,
5: left yeah, no, he Yeah, he,
1: well, he, no, he did. no, he... Yeah, he, he put it into his hand, and, and then Snalls went no, 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 you're fine. And then he was like, do it, you know, like the sort of like slightly aggressive generosity, where you're like please don't kill me or give me money. Both of these outcomes are awful. Um, and then I think I think Snalls said eventually this, like he sort of Snalls talked him down. He was like, stop giving me money, it's fine. And then um, and then so he was like, all right, all right, all right. And then he went away. And then Snalls packed all his drums down, and then he put the role of notes, like in one of his cases and it kind of like, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. Lawrence take my cash. But people were like unreal about it. Like all the way through everyone was always, cause we just like people like at that gig, the guy was just like, so what's the deal in? And we were like, just front, like we were just up front with people. We we're like, well, it's, this is how much it costs to do it. And we don't have a way of doing it. So we're doing this. Well, how much did that record
6: cost? Do we, th- do, do we have any idea? We didn't walk
0: away with money in our back pocket from here, but the, I'm sure the pledge Not amount was Not 20. Not on the grand scheme. I 25 though. to 30. Everybody
2: concerned did it very cheaply.
0: Yeah. Mate rates. Yeah, and I know you and. Um, Adam. Adam did it very, very cheap.
2: Yeah, Claire Coleman said, you know, pledge would have do it.
6: So, yeah, did it price and got studios cheap as well. So that was only um, half a million pound he charged, which was nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> friends as well, like. Um, <laughs> nice but we did do we, just before we get into this, and we and I guess we get Jason in full time to the chat. Uh, there was one more pledge, two more pledge things we should talk about. One was the party where we turned up to the girls' house, and when we turned up with the, all our gear because it was a full band gig, they put us in the corridor. Between the house and the swimming quarters.
1: That's right. Yeah,
6: yeah. Do you remember that, and then when the we were talking, ta- house. Yeah, I was talking to the um, the girl whose party it was, and I was like, "Oh, thank you so much for having us. You know, you know, absolutely appreciate you being a fan." And she was like, "Oh, I never heard you do." And I was huh? like, "You are, you are." And she was like, "Oh yeah, my um, someone just mentioned that you were doing this, so we thought we'd put a gig on." So. And then yeah and then i was like all right cool and then we ended up at that pool party she had a pool party <laughs> after which was everybody was involved with which was mad um so that was a strange one and and of course the zoo with uh Snoz taking a the first, time, the
2: first time i heard of the whole pledge caper was the phone call from raw power from claire about the zoo <laughs> which was about a week before we started pre-production on the album so Back to you guys for the zoo story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gareth, I'm faster than a cheetah Lawrence. I used to, there was um, like a live experience thing where you could try and, it was like a speed track, yeah. wasn't it? So you'd run as fast as you could and see if you could run as fast as a cheetah. And Gareth.
1: you can't. Know <laughs> you can't. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Okay, save me some
0: time, right? yeah. Spoilers. You can't. Snods can't run. Apparently, Snods can't run at all. Yeah. You can't run like a, like a man. Never mind like a cheetah.
6: <laughs> well, that's the problem. He tried to get into the
0: cheetah pose. That's what he was. He went all, four. never got all fours. Yeah. never go all fours. Never go all fours. Never go all
6: fours. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you tried to run fast and a cheater fell over, went into, like, a forward roll. He, he actually saved it. It looked quite, it looked I like thought he saved fine. it quite well. Uh, yeah,
1: because yeah. that's the thing, because he did the forward roll, and then as he came out of it, he put his arms up in a, like, victory pose, and I don't know whether it was that's that motion did that did it, but he, what, what was the actual injury? He snap? His clavicle it was, or something? His yeah, collarbone or something, wasn't yeah. it? It was it? Sh- something yeah. to do with his shoulder.
6: Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, either collarbone or clavicle what, yeah, what was... did the fans say at that point were they
1: embarrassed it was all it all got pretty frosty and awkward I think because we were all kind of like <laughs> we had such, such a, like, day oh, as as a well. great day oh he fell over that's <laughs> funny at James oh he's hurt himself a bit though oh quite a lot though oh, oh seriously oh he's got to go to hospital he's got to go to hospital, <laughs> hospital boys he's got to what do we do what do we doing? what are you do what are doing? What are we do phone with think. can you phone the hospital now what are we going to do what are we going to do with the app <laughs> and so they were just a <laughs> bunch of fans like Ugh. I can imagine one fan coming back and missed it all. Like, hey guys, beat oh trap.
5: Who's doing it first? And we're all just like <laughs> No, no.
6: Don't do it, bro, don't do it.
5: Yeah. Um, um Yeah, but I imagine, Jason, you must have been very like in panic at that point getting a phone call from Claire and saying, you know, we, ha- we haven't got a drummer for this record.
2: Course, um I booked air uh, studios at a really good rate. And then I'd up and done the whole pledge sell thing and said, look, can we get in for four days? And there's a there's a window at Air where we could get in. Air is a pretty expensive, you know, studio. Explain to some
0: people who may not know where Air is um, and what kind of Air studio
2: it is. Well, I think there's Abbey Road and it's Air, but it's where they do all the Hans Zimmer strings and um, it's got the best mixing desk in the world in Air. It's got a Neve Montserrat desk. There's only two in the world and it was made for the air studios when it was on the island of montserrat um where rush recorded power windows and dire straits recorded money for nothing and that just a big 80s studio that was really famous and obviously that got destroyed in, in, a, in a hurricane one year and that desk ended up back at air studios
6: in um bloody that's a powerful hurricane
2: yeah, <laughs> all the way back no damage no, <laughs> straight no. in pass George Michael
6: pass George <laughs> Michael in <laughs> <at> the door <laughs> straight in
0: I yourself you. in as well <laughs>
6: yeah. can not believe it why you yeah. self
1: in? Somebody, somebody as it landed somebody at the back of the road went good lord that's a careless mixing desk and George Michael misheard that and recorded <laughs> careless whisper and that's how that <laughs> happened he was there that day wasn't he? in those four
0: days George Michael was upstairs in those four days we were there he was yeah
1: well yeah let, let's
0: let
6: Jason finish his yeah, story sorry, and then sorry. we can bring up <laughs> we, can br- we, can, we can bring up Matthew camping at the bottom of the stairs oh, we we'll, we'll for George definitely Michael. get to that we'll there's definitely two, get to there's
2: only two of them anyway and one of them's in, in a and it's it, and I'd been in there I think two weeks before doing some other band and and they said that you can come back for two. So I was like, I was really concerned. It's like if we miss this four-day window for recording drums, and then we're going straight from Air to Angelic, which I would got for a good rate as well. And Angelic was busy for like three months after that. So I was like, right, if we don't go record this album in four days or whatever it was, it's like a week before, two weeks before, we're not doing it this year. Oh,
6: not doing it with me um, in Air. <laughs> Was it Claire the call due or was it me? Because I remember I phoned you. and yeah, you, you called me and I thought you were joking. You left yeah. a
2: message. And then Claire <laughs> called me and I went, oh,
5: that's funny. Sean just found me with a gag. And, yeah, he's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to the um, fine replacements you had for Snoz on the record in, in just a little bit. But Jason, I mean, despite the phone call and thinking it was a gag and everything, obviously this is your second time working with the guys. Um. This time around, did you feel like there was any different ap- approach at your end, knowing how to work with them and their personalities and everything w- with Hope? I mean, h- how different was working on this record for you?
2: Well, I said at the end of the first one I made, um, the experience is so horrible. The only reason, <laughs> reason I'm in the band because um, um, Snozz was in the band. <laughs> and, I, and I said to Claire, I just want to be called Snod again. So that's the only re- that's the only reason <laughs> That's not funny, is it? That's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I
6: enjoyed
2: it. You laugh at any video. <laughs> <laughs> I will. The, the first one was really good, and and um, I love the black. I think I, I had as I had as much fun, if not more fun, recording the blackout when we went to Texas we, as anything I'd ever done before, and um, and I loved every second of it. So I couldn't wait to do another one. And um, I just one thing for me and it is important, just to sound a bit, a bit boring, is that uh, you, you need to go somewhere on your next record and you can never repeat an experience, I've found, and it's never the same. So, you know, we had to, uh, I had to make it clear to the band that if we're going to do this, we need to step it up a bit and step up the songwriting and step up the messaging and just just step it all up, Go to go to the studio, go for this sound and... and and they did that with the lyrics and hope and everything. And it starts to come together. And was like, oh, it's going to be great. I can feel, I can feel like we could step this up. And it's, it's really good for me, like, you know, to get involved with the songs a bit more. And, um, Cause the first album, I just done it in a practice room with you guys. And I think we worked pretty quick on the songs. I think the first day we'd gone through like three songs and I was just kind of getting to know each other and we'd done three or four songs a day. And then we went recording it pretty quick. And then we ended up with that miserable, doing the vocals in, in Mushroom. Um, Don't broke always call that Mushroom after dark, because after six o'clock, it's just the weirdest place ever. <laughs> All the local <laughs> bands come in. And um, I remember, yeah, I remember doing that. And so I thought, yeah, you know, we can't do that again. So yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait really. You know, I said to Claire, I'll do whatever it takes to, to, to make it, as long as, I can't do it for free, but I'll do it for as, 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 you know, as much as I can, cause The Blackout is great to work with and then the songs came together really quick in that pre-production week and then we obviously had to get the, 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 the kind of step drummer in
6: step um, drummers yeah because so. yeah we ended up um, getting in contact with Thomas Winch who at the time was in Hexes with Dan, Daniel P. Carter and Stamp. he was oh, formerly Maroon Tom Maroon was he yeah we songs. did well, all right, well, let's not make
0: well, that. Did we, tr- did we ruin him or did you ruin him?
3: <laughs> ah, good <laughs> <you>. Nice guy.
0: <laughs> Keep drumming, Tom Winch.
2: It wasn't the last song, wasn't it? I was like, mate, we've got to do one more song. And he's like, my hand's going to give out if I do one more song. And he, and he did it, and his hand gave out. He, he didn't drum for years after that.
6: Yeah, oh. I don't know if I've seen him back since, but yeah, um,
1: I've seen him as up. a human being. But I've—he's not like you said; he's not drummed since, which is
6: no. I mean, you genuinely
2: hurt.
1: Yeah, no, I—I I, I was another one because it was a lot. I had the same like feeling of like. The same like process of like emotions going through it with Tom and his arm at the end of that session as I did with Snores at the zoo, where I was kinda like, Oh, you hurt a bit. Oh, no, oh, you know, you really hurt. He's like, it's, mate, it's it's proper. I was like, Oh fuck. Because he did an amazing job, as you can hear on the record, it sounds fucking brilliant, because he's a great drummer. And so it was just that kind of thing of like, oh shit, we're really like, you know, like just it, it became but over you, time. went be-
2: to Wales to do, to do a week in Wales. Is that what we did? So Snoz and Tom were together in a room with me and we were just going for the
6: parts and you guys. Well, we, had, um, we had Philip Jenkins do four of the songs, didn't we, as well? It was like... Oh,
2: yes, yeah, Phil did four. Yeah, it was like
1: half and he, half. He did, a, he did a bunch of rehearsals with us down in Music Box in Cardiff. Yeah. Tom did come yeah. down as well, at least that. once, I think. He must. was a brilliant drummer. Love, Phil. Yeah. Lovely Yeah, player. They're great both drummer. great, really great drummers.
2: Yeah. yeah, that was good. That worked out. It was two contrasting styles and it really helped the record. Not, you know, I've got to say as well, genuinely, and he's a lovely guy, as we know, but Snoz was amazing. He was so um helpful and positive about the whole thing, and pragmatic he's like, "Look, what's done he's done, I've got to do my bit to help the help the record and um he's a bit like when you know a footballer gets subbed in a game, but they're still shouting from the sidelines he was it was like that.
0: And, um well he was but, in with with all the sessions with them wasn't he he wasn't just did not come he was he was there and yeah he absolutely
1: took to ship of all of that like all of those drum parts are Snozz's drum parts through another body like it's just like do that bit do that bit do that bit no this is what I would do here so there were like a couple of little bits where he would have said all right, you've got the uh, like a little bit of sort of, you know, wiggle room to do your own kind of thing. But for the most part, he made a big like conscious effort to maintain that it sounded like the stuff he'd have done if he'd done it. And that's what we wanted because as great as those other two drummers are, we wanted it to sound like our drummer. So yeah, yeah, that was, it was great that he was so like, you just can't like-
2: You not tell on the record. You, you really can't no. tell. It does sound like Snorz playing. Yeah. So Buff
0: did an amazing job. Yeah, Snoz was brilliant. There's a video on our YouTube somewhere where I, I did a small interview with Tom and um he, he kind of explained like the process of how he's trying to pretty much not copy snoz but to do do his best you know um to kind of encapsulate what uh Snorz did with with drums like
5: yeah nice nice so we kind of covered the preempt of going to the studio and, and the writing of the record and everything but if we go to the release April 4th 2011 um, I remember this quite fondly I remember going to get the record uh, from HMV on CD because believe it or not guys not to make you all feel really old I was 15 when that record came out so I was prime <laughs>
2: no I was
5: <laughs> so I was a prime marketing candidate for it um, but I, I wanted to know like, read really the legacy that you all feel attached to this record because we've mentioned before the best in town really set things up and established the band in a lot of different ways did you feel a lot of different pressure for writing this one especially after leaving the label and everything because from a fans point of view it seemed that hope connected on a deep emotional level with a lot of fans as well
6: well i think we were kind of Yeah, Lost. That's how Hope kind of came about. The name Hope was just all off the back of, like, we left Epitaph or whatever, and we were kind of lost and in the wilderness. But we knew that we definitely wanted to record again with Jason. We knew how that process would go, because, like I've said before on here, I think, um, like, The Best in Town, when Jason first came in and got involved in the songwriting, I remember, Mm. you know, being a little bit what the fuck, who the fuck is this coming in now telling me what the fucking write on my songs? <laughs> fucking prick. And then he would go, yeah, but if you just say Children of the Night constantly over the end, it'll, um, the song will be better. And I was like, fuck off. And then I listened to it and I was like, he's exactly right. So it became, yeah, like he, by then he was this, like to me, Jason was the, the seventh member. was
2: a bigger level of trust between everyone at that point, between you and me, I think, where you, you felt like you were in safe hands and, and you know that I love I love you as people and as a band. So I'm not going to do anything to ruin your band. That's really important, isn't
1: it? I love this record. This is my favourite Blackout record, easily. That's not to say that I don't like I don't like Star of the Pie, but I don't like <laughs> um, I love I love Best in Town as well, and I think Wolves is great. But Hope is the the one for me because it felt like. I I've talked. I think I talked about this the last time I was on you, um, but I, I'll, I've only got three stories, so I'm going to have to tell it again. Um, I remember the first day that you came down the music box for Best in Town, Jace, and we were fucking about with some bits and bobs about some ideas and we just had this fast, like, just throw away like thrashy little punk tune that we were just like, oh yeah, we just want to have it be like, babe, like by like Glassdoor, we just want it down the end of the album, we just want to be a thing. And we played it, You, this was like within like, maybe two hours of meeting you. So you sat down, you're like, oh, right, let's see how we got them. So we played you Nothing by A as a joke and got that out of the way. And then we actually started playing songs we've actually written. And like the first thing was you played this like thrashy number through and you're like, you listen to it. You were like, yeah, cool. All right. Well, you could whack a chorus on that and you could change it completely. And Like it maybe took us like, I don't know. 90 minutes, two hours or something. And it was like the bones to shut the fuck up. I got with it, which is just like one of the best tracks on that record. So like from that point, I think we'd gone, all right, this just changes the game. Having someone like you in the fold to be able to explain what could be done with songs to have like an out- outside, like, like perspective on it and stuff. So from my point of view, throughout the process of writing the songs for hope, there was always a kind of like, what would Jason do? Little, Thing on the corner, which I think set us all in really good stead because one, it meant that we all refined our like songwriting and our approach to it. And then when the songs came to you, it seemed like you had less to do in terms of like overhauling the whole like structure of it. You were just there to do like cherry on the top stuff. It was just like, well, here's a little sprinkling of something you haven't thought of. Here's a magic yeah, little the songs moment.
2: Yeah, were definitely in better shape when we started in pre production for so Home yeah. remember Um, because I remember we all went to Harvester one night and I remember sitting with Sean and we'd come up with this bonkers idea for a song I forget which song it was now but we were like yeah let's go back and try it and um (laughs) yeah,
1: do we go to Harvester? It sounds like the sort of di- disappointing establishment we would have frequented. Yeah, but <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah limited
1: fun.
6: Yeah, you got all, all the rappers who were like, "Yeah, we went to Nobu and we talked about yeah. it. We went to Harvester. We had the free salad bar. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and then we sat down no, by the no, docks." No, think think it's
6: Harvester. Oh, think how absolutely fucking insane that salad bar is now in the world it's, we live it's in still now. still there. Like, it's, imagine, cool. well, it's been there for a year. Yeah, but it's just, yeah. you can't go to that salad bar again because it's just going to be... No. Anyway, yeah. c- kill that. Really kill good. that. Carry on. Sorry, Chase. No, but I the said song, the songs were in better shape and they
2: it felt it felt bigger and more rounded. I definitely remember that and um, and it felt like, it felt, like the, it, uh, it felt like you'd grown into your own body a little bit. Like, oh, we're, we're a successful band now. We can sound like it. Give yourself permission to be a bit bigger and, and grow into your body a little bit. That was really good to know.
6: Yeah. Was the song The Storm, by the way? Because I think... I feel like that was... That was the one on the album which was furthest away from the Blackout's original sound and meaning was The Storm, which ultimately went on to be possibly my favourite song on the record as well.
2: I don't know. I remember me and you doing a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap over a song (laughs) and going... Actually, that sounds just awesome use that. Right. Just use
6: that. Well, yeah, you turned to me and went, can you do that? And I went, no, because that's Will Smith's. And then, you, and, then you, and then you went, can we get Will Smith on a song? <laughs> and I went, well, that seems very unlikely. And then you said, do you know any rappers? And yeah, just been introduced to High Raw by, again, Daniel Picarta. Yeah, actually, that turned out really well. I love that song. And I like the
2: video as well, when you're in the truck. I like it when the blackout bounced. Like The blackout always had a bit of a... Well, not always, but that's the blackout that I thought, well, when I first met you, maybe that song you're talking about, Bob, and it's like, yeah, this is good. This is what I expect from a South Wales band. It's great. It's good. Then all of a sudden, we've got this like, almost like Faith No More kind of groovy bounce that we could go to. I remember thinking, oh, oh this is good. We can get a bit more of that into, the, into their sound. And, and um, yeah, that, that song's got that, hasn't it? It's got a real kind of yeah. bounce to it.
1: I always think of whenever you talk about, whenever like I think about the kind of like songwriting thing, there's always two arm movements that I always think about when I think <laughs> about you. A one is that, which you can't see because this is all, but that's just bouncing one hand or like that. And then the other one is swinging your arms <laughs> in a sort of like languid, sort of, like, wide strut. Uh, those were always your two, like, tempo checks. It'd be like, it should be that speed. And because we were always a fucking fastest fuck band as well, so we were always, like, we'd always play stuff faster live anyway. So I'm sh- pretty sure we played I'm a Right, You're a Fucking Right quite close to the speed of sound in the past. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> Jesus Christ, all right. So, um, yeah, so we always used to play too fast anyway, but then that was, you. like, every time you came to see us, we'd be, like, looking across, you'd be like, just slow down. Just slow down. Just slow
2: down. Oh, you're the cleverest musician I've probably ever met. Um, if you did play a song faster than the speed of sound, <laughs> would you not Would you not hear it?
1: No, you'd finish it before you started. <laughs> Science, Chase. Yeah, what, <laughs> 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 what would happen? I do fucking no. Of course you do. Oh, do I? Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> 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 of
6: course I do. Well, no, you're you know me, do yeah? you, yeah. yeah.
1: you? wouldn't hear me, would you? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No it's not a deal breaker! Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Shut it down. It's done. It's over.
5: <laughs> what, what about you, Gav? What was? What's your? Um, how do you see Hope compared compared to the other albums in the in the Blackouts Legacy? Um, I
0: just to echo Bob's sentiment. Really, it's it's one of my favourites as well. Um,
2: I thought you got more handsome on
0: Hope, um, Gav. Slightly more
2: handsome.
0: Than- <laughs> Slightly more handsome.
2: I thought you peaked handsome than the Hope. I peaked at pretty, Hope. Really, it all went pretty, downhill then. Sparkly. <laughs>
0: No, it's like like Bob said, the, the the songs had grown, we'd grown, and it, it just felt. I, I don't know, it just felt easier when we were doing it for me. Like I, I had a
1: good good idea of where things were going in my head, it, it, it personally at least. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about it is that it's sort of unified by a certain sense of like. There's a there's a there's like a unified theme in the lyrics and there's a unified theme in the music as well. Even though the music's kind of quite dynamic and quite diverse in comparison to something like The Best in Town, which although there's loads of good songs for The Best in Town, it's pretty one note. It's all like pretty similar tempos, it's all pretty similar vibes, fast, 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 slow at the end. Which is great, but we'd done it a bunch and we wanted to do some more stuff. So like it felt like we all kind of just had it in our heads because I don't ever really remember us sort of like sitting down and be like let's make an album that sounds like this we, just, got, we mm-hmm. just wrote a bunch of songs and they all just sounded like those songs and we went okay they all fit together in a kind of weird way
2: we had fun we had fun recording it didn't we um, it wasn't it wasn't the experience of going to Texas it was it was the experience of going to a, a posh studio mm-hmm. but we still had a good time I remember I remember Gordon came up when Sean Gordon came and played some stuff back and I remember feeling really proud of what I was playing back to him it's always good when an outsider comes because songs sound really boring and slow when an outsider walks in the room. Yeah, yeah. And um, but they didn't. I was like, oh, is that, this record's gonna be great.
1: I felt like that. Going back to your point, Morg about like the day of release, like that was like my feeling of like when I when I knew that record was coming out, I felt that same feeling that you're mm-hmm. talking about, Jace. I was just like, That's a good record. People are gonna like mm-hmm. that. It's fine. Like it was just I just felt all right about it.
6: Oh yeah, we did it over three studios as well, didn't we? So we did it over A Angelic, and then we recorded the vocals in the yard, which was just me, Gary, yeah, I don't and Jason. Like down there. Yeah, d- downstairs somewhere. Downstairs, um, yeah. W- was Was Angelic the keyboardist from Jimmy place? Yeah. yeah
2: Toby died, died now.
6: Yeah, yeah, he's passed away. I'm gonna say he passed away not long ago. Bless him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember it? Yeah, because when we got there, literally a couple of days before us, N were there, weren't they? Because it had right. a, it, yeah. they had they had N stuff set up everywhere, and they had um, what's her name? Not Felicia, is it? It's something Talish. like that. Felicia. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Felicia. She. Uh, yeah, they had her vocal channel set up with tune already on because they recorded with it on, like from from the start. Like they would record all. All her vocals with that, so yeah. I remember, I remember going and I, I think we went out satellite watching one night in Angelic, if I'm right. I yeah, want to yeah. say a, ISS a, coming over, yeah. A leak on leak in, and um, yeah, we we all went out and saw the satellite. I remember these uh, these strange moments, and um,
2: any meals normally I remember loads of meals, but I don't remember us having meals there and and like me- meal banks.
1: It was like self catering, wasn't it? And I think we were kind of like a bit. We sort of just did our own thing. I think we all just made our own food as and when we could, so there wasn't like a... From what I remember, it, it felt like it was sponsored by Chocolate Dog Knobs.
0: That's so... all. <laughs> 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 this
2: album brought to you yeah. by Chocolate Dog Knobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember doing the vocals and um, uh, in the yard, and I remember we carved out good room for the vocals on this record. A lot more space for you, you and Gav. To be you and Gav, and, and I tried to make a lot more of you, to in a way that I'd done with McFly before, and right, utilize two singers a lot more, a lot more than you know. Sean screams a bit, and Gav sings a bit, and Sean screams. what Gav just said, "There's, there's a that was kind of there's a lot more to it than that." This time, I, I felt yeah. anyway. Yeah, and, um, I think mean Sean at the, the day where Sean was getting frustrated with me, and um, I think he's, did he did you well. Uh, Bob stomped out and did a lap of honour in the field doing a guitar solo. And I think it might have been, because I, I was, I don't know why. Bob was trying to play a it's part. Pro- and it's probably because I'm
1: an arsehole, Jace. It's normally that.
2: No, <laughs> it's really known thing. And I've done it loads. And, and um, I know my own kids with it. But when it, when it means something to somebody to get it in in one take, I can trivialise that a little bit and just go, yeah, whatever. It doesn't, it's not that important. Like let's do it in free takes off, whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: It means a lot to this guy to get it in one take. And I think he's had enough of me running my eyes going mate I was confident comp- and he'd uh, had enough you put your guitar down and gently walked out and stopped me out field and came back <laughs> and went, gently oh, walked yeah. yeah, it was one of my better, mean, it,
1: was, it was one of my better <laughs> tantrums like it was one where I managed to <laughs> I didn't go full six year old I like how you talked about that you were like see when I have to deal with other children uh, <laughs> uh, so, Yeah, yeah. No, see I, I've understood having de- dealt with babies what you were going through <laughs> as an adult in your 20s so Oh, I, thought I'd, I thought I'd give you a, I thought I'd give you some warm milk and rub your belly a little bit then you calm down and do the guitar solo
2: <laughs> and burp you a bit <laughs> <Yeah. I> alright <always laughs> nice. let's go it be nice and try and have a, a good time but I, in the back of my head I've always got my eye on the clock and your budget yeah without trying to tell you that and um, I think I put some pressure on Sean one day as well and he just had enough and he storms out He his storm out he went out on my phone and um, he had a big suitcase with him, he tried get it out the door <laughs>
6: Let's <laughs> come back in again as a minute. <laughs> he bought me loads of sweets. Oh, I know never- I remember buying you sweets. I bought you a big jar of sweets, and it expect. Well, we were in London, so they were expensive. It's always
1: yeah. like it's always funny to hear those kind of stories, like back and out of context, because you just sound like such tits when you're just like, "Oh, oh you, remember yeah. you, got- you remember when you got?" Really frustrated trying to do some, you know, made-up guitar parts for a bit of fun on a record, and you're like, "But at the time, there's just like, like you said, like the stuff, like the, pr- the pressure you are putting on yourself to like do it all as you think you should do it, or to blah 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 blah." No, but
2: I'm saying, Bob, it's my fault, not your fault. Oh, good. It's oh, my- don't
1: worry
3: about it
2: there's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> always pressurized bits in studios and bits where and, and and sometimes i can just dumb it down and trivialize it a little bit it means more to the person singing or playing than than i give it credit for sometimes
1: yeah i think but it, both those things have to exist like they have to coexist don't they because if you weren't there pushing that thing in that direction then we probably wouldn't get it done and we certainly wouldn't get it in the time and we certainly wouldn't come on you know within the budgets that we had to kind of hit so like we all needed those little bit like we needed to pull in the opposite direction sometimes to make sure yeah, that yeah. we were both fighting. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. For the most part, it was like you're right. It wasn't like it didn't feel as much of a, like a flat out fucking laugh as making best in town did. But I think that was because we were a little bit more like focused on what we were doing as well. we were like, let's make a really good record because we got it. And
6: we were all in these studios for such like a, f- a finite amount of time yeah. rather That's than well, yeah. Yeah. we had two weeks. We had literally had two weeks in Texas. And you know, I spent a day shitting and sicking, Um, so that, you know, we could we could literally waste days there, whereas I think, you know, like we said, we had air for four days. You know, Angelic as well, we didn't have that for ten days. We had a day long. for
2: ten days, not long, and then we went to that to the out of two weeks.
0: It wasn't even like two full weeks, it was Monday to Friday. Two two yeah. lots of that like.
2: Yeah, I never want to work weekends, do I? So some <laughs>
6: Is there any other studio studio stories? I know like I've said this before about Matthew um when Matthew wasn't doing guitar parts in A he was sitting outside trying to get um trying to get a look at George Michael coming in because <laughs> apparently George Michael was upstairs. Did you meet him? Did you meet no meet him? No. Did meet him? Did he?
1: I think they saw him. Past him. They just said he they sort of got visual confirmation that he exists <laughs> we have eyes I, on we have Get eyes on. on eyes on
6: because Adam um, yeah Adam our engineer had worked with a bunch should not he so I remember Matthew asking Adam all of the Michael jo- uh, George Michael questions Michael Jordan How
1: many <laughs> keep, <laughs> asking, keep Mike, about did about Michael, Michael Jordan i no, never what? met him oh no sorry last Michael Jordan what's your favourite George <laughs> Michael thought
6: uh, the slam dunk
5: yeah um
6: <laughs> The Chicago Bulls. What? Yeah, what? This doesn't make what? sense. You took it personally. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, <good>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Do we have any others? Oh, I remember somebody else coming in and saying that um, we were recording in the room that uh, Liam Gallagher got up on the desk and pissed into the desk.
2: No, he laid across that desk. And that desk is priceless. As, as I said earlier, in the really entertaining guests, <laughs> <podcast>. um, <laughs> he's only one of them in the world. So I think, oh. it was, yeah, that, that desk is a bit like he got near him and was like, whoa. But talking of desks, upstairs in, in the SSL room where I first met Adam, the engineer, one of our friends, is amazing. He was mixing a Matthew P album for us up there. And um, going there at night and, and and I think George was coming in the next day or something. And Adam told me his great story that he said he's got the same desk at his house, but he just comes to because just wants to hang out and smoke weed all day. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and that's all he My does. Ah man. My yeah. man. George need help with that? Does he need help? I, I could... Oh, no, he's brown bread. Never mind. Oh, these uh, days,
5: no.
6: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a bit busy now. Um, but yeah, after... I'm just looking at the track listing you know, of the album now, and there's some, some corking tunes on there. Well, um, then, uh, let's refresh this.
0: See right. if we can guess guess the track list in order. Okay. I, yeah, number one, know. boys. What's number one? I know this. <laughs> well,
6: I <don't> know <laughs> the final countdown is it yeah. no, no it's ambition not the final is critical
1: countdown. is
6: the first song ambition is critical the video we filmed on tour with limp Bizkit. oh yeah so if anybody wants to go back and have a look at that video that's on the youtube um there will be members of limp Bizkit in and around that video
0: um that's yeah. the, that's when the thing was happening as well um when the Kickstarter went live, we were on tour with him. I remember, I think we were in Portugal maybe and that's when he went live and we were just refreshing the page going, fuck, oh. Oh, people actually get...
6: Yeah, people are buying <laughs> stuff. Unbelievable. <What laughs> because I came minis-
0: out on that toll you
2: tonight for a few days because that's when your mate snail durst. Remember, he went to double tapping and he nailed him. <laughs> snail. Snail. I'm <laughs> to Will I am at Metropolis a few weeks ago, a few months ago. he's one of the best moments of my life am <laughs> came into our room because he's a friend of Danny's because of the voice, and he was yeah. sitting there, and I was like, oh, "All right, nice to meet you, Will." He went to fist bump me and I snelled him. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the coolest thing! I've ever seen. And then he was like, "I'm going to go leave and smell people," and he just walked around Metropolis smelling people.
1: <laughs> I remember we were in. I think we were in Lowlands Festival. We were at some festival anyway. And uh, Matthew and Dizzy Rascal basically played rock paper scissors with handshakes. For like oh yeah, seconds. it was. Um, it was like hands yeah. hand to fist, no. hand to fist, no.
6: <laughs> yeah, it was rock paper scissors, yeah. and then they both they both agreed on a handshake. Yeah, they went in with the handshake
1: middle. at the end, and then walked in different directions and. Let's
5: let yeah, us speak, let's speak of it the game. again, yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but no, I mean, Sean mentioned the track listing and I, I've got it here. The, there's 11 tracks on the recording. obviously you did a bunch of covers afterwards for kind of a bonus and deluxe version. But it goes, Ambition is Critical... Never by a Side, Higher and Higher, Hope, This Is Our Time, The Last Goodbye, No More Waiting, The Devil Inside, You're Not Alone, Keep On Moving, and The Storm. Out of all of those tracks, which ones in particular stand out to you guys that you have the most fondest memories of, or just even tracks that maybe you thought could have been single contenders, but didn't happen? I mean, just just talk to us about those tracks in, in particular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah,
5: yeah. That's it. Nobody's got anything that's they want to say. Nope. No, that's fine. That's they, perfect. They all um, definitely happened and they're on the record. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um
6: I think Higher and Higher is probably my well, Higher or Higher or the Storm I think are my favourite songs off this, mainly because Higher and Higher was so fun to play live. Um the video's fantastic. Um Hyrule's great on it. And it connected every time with the crowd so much so that we did a live, we did a live CD from when we played the Roundhouse where we play Higher and Higher twice at the end because we enjoyed playing it so much. Yeah, that's um, a big song for me. I love that song. Um, what else is there? We did No More Weight In, which is our ode to the Deftones. We've got "You're Not Alone," which I am not even on in the slightest. Right, I let's, don't think.
5: Let's talk about this because Sean and I have not? had private conversations well? about it. I don't it. think I am, but uh, so what? What goes on here? Because I've listened to it a few times today, trying to decipher it. I hear Jason as the backing in the chorus. Of course you do. do. Of course <laughs> you oh, do.
0: It's <laughs> Sean we'd on the in, track. We come back into the studio. What are you doing, Jason? N- nothing. No. <laughs> 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 Why have you got a mic for? Oh, I was just
6: looking at... <laughs> <laughs> just got this SM7 and... I uh, oh, sang on every running.
2: record I've ever made. Every record. Yeah.
6: I know, I love it. I love it. Well, I was playing... Well, funnily enough, the covers that um, Morgan mentioned, we ended up going to the studio again, didn't we, to record the covers uh, Covers because... I want to say Cock and Vinyl thought that if we did a cover that it would blow up and we'd be huge we had done it. Somebody had done it at the time where they'd come out and brought a cover out, and it had
0: gone bonkers. And that I was think thinking behind it, I think it, they were hoping for it to go a bit viral or something like that. weren't they?
6: yeah, so we ended up doing "Lump" by Presidents of the United States, uh, "Party Hard," "Fight for Your Right," oh "Fight for Your Right to Party" was another one we did in the studio, and one of the best covers we ever did, "Save Tonight." Would you? Sleep, would you sit up there? I didn't do any of those. No, you
1: didn't. No, well, we did. that. it was like it, no, it, was, you, it was EMI. It but,
6: was, yeah. Ah, that's what it was. Publishing had sent us down to do it. Yeah, you, so you came down. You came down one he day, did. though. Yeah, he's on save tonight. If you listen to the vocals and save yeah. tonight, Jason's all over it. So no, he came to it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I bet you anything. <laughs> I bet you however much money Don Broco are going to pay you for a next album. I bet you that amount you were on saved Tonight by the Blackout slash Glide. If you
1: lose that, Sean, you're in forever <laughs> <to remember. laughs> Of these, so I tell you what I'm looking at now, right? And looking through this this track listing, I. Looking at how much, how many of the absolute bangers on this record were uh, created by Mr. Reese Lewis? Oh, really? This, this is Reese's record in a lot of ways. Ambitious, critical is Reese's, higher and higher is Reese's. Um, yeah. Well,
6: it was called originally, um, it was called Black Eyed Reese, wasn't it? Higher and higher. Because... That's
2: right. That's a song that we, we were talking Jason... about in The Harvester, Black Eyed yeah. Reese.
6: Yeah, Jason thought it sounded a bit like the Black Eyed Peas. And because Reese had come up with a riff, it was called Black Eyed (laughs)
1: Reece. And um, You're Not Alone was his as well. And so was The Storm. Like, Reese was a hit machine on this one. But he really came out into his own as a songwriter, um, which is great. Um, Yeah, but just looking through them, they're just like, oh, wow, yep, 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 yep. Bangers, bangers all the way through. But there's a lot of really good tunes on you in a lot of different, like, I just like the variety. Like, you've got songs like The Last Goodbye, and then you got something like No More Weight in and then it goes straight into something like The Devil Inside which is the thing of like when all those bands in like the early 2000s would be like, it's the heaviest stuff we've ever done and the most melodic, which just means it's just like default new album sentence but this was the heaviest stuff we've ever done and also the most melodic. So, you know, <laughs> jokes on me or them or all of us, I'm not sure. But anyway, the, the point is there's songs on the record and some of them are good. But what do you got? Fair. Fair. <laughs> but
5: no, I was gonna like, talking about that kind of lyrical theme throughout as well i mentioned that connection from a fan's point of view because i just always remember a lot of people who i went to see to go to gigs with and seeing you guys at that time and obviously the the years afterwards when a lot of my friends were getting old enough to get tattoos there was a lot of hope tattoos of things that they were getting so it seemed that it really resonated on a deeper level with a lot of fans did you feel that a little more with this record or was it just for you because you were at a point now and you were doing it so long it just seemed natural
6: no i think the the record came out of like we said it was called hope because we were hoping that it would happen really because like with the pledge thing and i think as soon as we released the pledge thing and we like i said we saw money coming in or whatever. We realized that we had that people were on side and people must like us. They like us.
1: Yeah. I think what I was saying about that feeling, it really like validated us. Like the, the that sort of feeling of confidence I was talking about earlier when like the what the day when the record was released. And I was like, Yeah, well, I'd be alright. Hmm. That sort of started from that day with our Kickstarter. Because when we sort not Kickstarter, excuse me, the pledge thing. Because when that, when we saw how amazing the response was to that, it just from that moment, it just kind of like emboldened us to be like, All right, well, there's this many people who give a fuck, so we'll just make it for them. And then anyone on top of that was like a bonus, so it was just like from that point on, I think it was just like, All right. We're, we're in business here This is going to be You
2: plenty big festivals On that cycle and on the Hope cycle
6: Well after After the record came out We didn't even do Like our own headline tour We went out with My Chemical Romance
1: That was before the record came um, out That was just before Was
6: it? Was, oh yeah it was, was, yeah, it, was go- yeah, it was just before I was going to yeah.
5: bring this up At one point Because um, It seemed that 2011 Was a very busy year For you guys So I did a little bit of research Before this And I don't know if you guys Were ever home because you announced everything in January, right? February, you did the My Chemical Romance Arena Tour. You went straight from that to Australia for Southway Festival. Came back, did the UK headline with Hiro and the Swellers. Left for Europe, supporting Fuel for a Friend. And then you did all the summer festivals where you did Myrtha Rock and Reading and Leeds and all that. And then ended the year with another headline tour of the UK with support from Weird the Ocean and Canterbury. So very busy twenty eleven.
1: Yeah, that was that was the best year. That's that was the peak year. Like that was the we did the biggest headline shows we'd ever done on that year. That was the uh, the Roundhouse headline gig and Birmingham Academy, which was probably there were like three big gigs, like three Manchester, Birmingham, London. And I think all eyes were on London because it was going to be London and London, London, London. But I think Birmingham might have been the best of three. Birmingham was mental, just absolutely mental crowd.
2: Birmingham kind is a great venue isn't it? when it's heaving. Yeah, wicked. and
1: it was absolutely heaving like all the way to the back. It was just the crowd of fucking amazing. And then, yeah, we must, I think we did Redden and Leeds that year. Did you say we did Redden and Leeds? Yeah, Yeah, hmm. we did
6: yeah, yeah. he said we did all the festivals all <laughs> so Reddin, Leeds and Murphy. Rock including
5: including uh, sure including you know we because
6: did we do Download yeah. that year
1: was that the year with the two drummers or was that the year after
6: mm. it might have been the year after I think because I'm looking at it now and it just says I've got in March and April a group went on the UK tour alongside Swellers and Hydro De Hero that was before he changed to The we released Never By Your Side music video, 10th of May. Yeah, the group appeared at Reading and Leeds Festival in August before headlining the main stage of murtha Rock in September. Uh, yeah, so that was that then. And then, yeah, we brought You're Not Alone, the music video, out after murtha Rock, because if you watch the You're Not Alone video, that's us playing murtha Rock, I think. It is, know. yeah.
5: Predominantly, and yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, and there's... and. Side note: There's a very embarrassing moment in that music video of me with the whole crowd. Uh, Goes to the crowd and just see me looking the opposite way. So there's a tidbit for you.
6: Ah, oh, well, like, <laughs> which turned out to be a giant metaphor for the podcast.
5: Really. <laughs> but yeah, 2011 though, it seemed that that was a, a non-stop year for you guys with, with this record. Yes,
6: yeah, I think if if we had gone to Australia. Did you say that we... Yeah, we, we did, did didn't we? We did go to Australia. Yeah, Oh, yeah. it was de- yeah, 100% the best year we ever did then, I think. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, because of all that. It, well, yeah, we went from that Mike M tour, which was fucking fantastic. They were amazing to us. They were one of the best headline bands, I think, in terms of kindness that we'd ever come across. And then we went to Australia and turned up on the first gig and there was two bottles of champagne in our dressing room from Mike M, which was bonkers. That's nice, isn't
1: <laughs> it? It was nice. They it's was um, they were absolutely dudes unbelievable with
6: five O's. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have to do any of that. We were just, we were just unbelievably happy to be supporting them and then for them to you know be like oh yeah remember you were on tour with us a couple of days ago it was just (laughs) like
1: like, it was the perfect (laughs) like that year was just like the perfect like rhythm of what you want from like an album release year because we had this big tour right at the beginning like a month like two months before the record came out which put us in front of a bunch of people who were perfect for us but probably a lot of them hadn't heard of us because it was my chem my chem my chem my chem oh my god there's my chem oh look another band also dressed in black that'll do there's, we'll have there's so many <laughs> sounds <you> know, <laughs> like I remember
0: talking to after the mic came to it and, and that was their first kind of like experience with us because yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said they, they were huge shows yeah. us in front of so many people
6: and
2: then you ended it, at the end of the round I went to that round and it was brilliant it really was I remember being really proud watching you and just not being proud so much but just being stoked for you yeah. just stoked for your mates to think oh that must be great doing that I hope you're enjoying this
1: yeah we, we were I was anyway I loved it yeah
6: yeah, there's a photo on my Instagram of me and you up in the rafters, Jace, up in the rafters of the roundhouse. Like, um, oh, really? Yeah, like an hour before we went on, and I remember in, that. Didn't you have
2: a, um, a thingy? What's it called?
6: It's Segways. Segways. That wasn't that
2: segues. time, that was a different no, time, I think,
1: I think. There was a Kerrang t- tour. Yeah, did, it was, it? Yeah. yeah. But it was the roundhouse, but it wasn't that time.
2: <laughs> Great gig, though. Really good gig, that it was amazing.
0: Was it that gig we had the sparkle drop?
6: The sparkle waterfall.
1: Yes it was
6: yeah For, uh, during um
0: you were your friends
6: this is why we oh, can't nice have nice things, things. Yeah. cuz uh, yeah we had um Josh came out didn't he and Josh came out and sang with us and we had to warn him away from the pot, the sparkle drop and the uh, cannons or whatever so that tour then must have been the roundhouse one where we
1: pranked Matthew. um was it that one I don't know if it was. It was definitely at the roundhouse. I don't know if it was that to her, but for argument's sake, I want to say
6: it was. Yeah, I want to say it was just because of how furious he was. I think if it was any of the other dates that we did there when we supported anyone, I don't think it would have been a big deal to him. I think it was such a big deal because it was our headline <laughs> show. Uh, we decided to instead of put a microphone up for him, put a dildo.
2: No,
1: he started um, took it to the was, side, so he still had a mic. But if you had to sing in it, you had to approach the item. Do you know what I mean? I think that was that was where the, that was where the beauty of it really lay. I felt, and he did it you know, like it one bit. He did job. like
6: that. Oh no! but yeah. What a tour! What, um, yeah. What a time for us. That was genuinely some of the best times. And then, um, yeah. And then it took us two years after that then till start the party came out. Well, the party ended. Then the party was over. <laughs> you had no 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 no. We did The uh, party was over with huge <laughs> and then we I agree then we that party. Up, yeah, and then we ended up doing Wolves. Oh that's right. Um Yeah, which was um which was alright actually. Well
2: um,
1: it's great. A mess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, was. Uh, we did we went to um Mono to do the drums, I think. Oh love I love Mono yeah, it oh, It's gorgeous. I, I you know, knew the bit of the world it was in, but I was just like, this place is amazing. So yeah, we did the drums in there and then we went back and did the guitars with, with, uh, with Rom in Soundwave. But um, yeah, we, that was great. I, I was a lot, I, we're not, I know we're just doing Hope today, but um, Wolves would be, yeah, don't get me on the start of the party one. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> you want to get me back
1: for Wolves, I'll talk about Wolves. But.
5: Fair, fair enough. Um, um, but no, as, as we wind down, uh, now to the, to the end uh, of this. Is there any other kind of memories of just this time for the blackout in this era or the record or anything that really stands out or maybe some other little achievements that in that time that you're proud of? Because I think hope was actually your highest charting uh, record. As you
1: well. Did you win any oh. awards or anything for that record? We won one for keeping showing up. <laughs> the yeah. devotion yeah. awards yeah, for won- coming every year.
6: That wasn't I think that was probably started We never it? won it was, a we never yeah. won a legit yeah. one. We won um it was like Dedication or what? Like, yeah, literally. You, I went on stage drunk, and I described it as the "You've been nominated four times a one fuck all
1: award." It was like the participation award and like the sports. Do you know what I mean? It was just mm. like you just show up every week, and they like, oh, go, "Give him a trophy, man." They're only a quid.
6: Clubman, we were we were karan clubman yeah, of the clearly. week. We were clubman of the year. Fucking brilliant! So, what was your highlight? Why would you
2: highlight that album and, and the whole thing? Then that was your big memory of hope.
1: I just re- I'm just really happy about what it was as a thing, like as a as a full like as a like a complete package in terms of like the way it looked, the way it sounded, what was on it, the variation of the songs on it, the lyrics. I was just really, really, really proud of that record. I've also really gone back to what Morgan was saying about the, the kind of fan reaction. I think it was really quite humbling to see how much it resonated with with so many people, like you just keep getting people coming up to you and be like, I love that album. They, people will say it saved their life. People would say that it changed their life. People said that it's their favorite thing ever. And you're like, holy fucking shit. Like we just did a bunch of cool tunes and hope that people liked it. And it's always great when somebody likes it, but when somebody like internalizes it and takes it on to that ex- to that you know extent, it's kind of, I don't know what to say to people when they say stuff like that to me, because like saying thanks just seems like such a trivial, oh, thanks for that. Bye then. You know what I mean? Like you just have to be like, I've not, really equipped to be able to say thank you enough for being that nice about it. I think it was
0: like a time, time and a place. Like the the whole theme of the album is about us kind of being lost in the woods and, and being out there and not really knowing what's going on. And that's basically teenage years. And that's, I think that's why it resonated so much is just because th- that's what everyone goes through when, when they're growing up, they, everyone thinks that, you know, they're on their own or, um, no one really kind of gets them and I, and I think that's, that's what kind of resonated, I think w- we just happened to be in this space where we were like oh shit what's going on, how are we going to get through the next God knows how many years and then that kind of just encapsulates what the, the, our, our fans kind of probably went through at the time I wish Prince would have heard it
2: I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't might have saved his life <laughs> 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 <Where's it? laughs> that
6: was happening this week <laughs> 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 um, yeah yeah it was such a good album such a good time for us <laughs> so um, that album saved my life like, later Prince <laughs> 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 I thought to <they'd> give Prince <laughs> a shout um, you're not not you <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone, um, but, yeah, no like, yeah, like we said, um, it connected so well with the audience, and I think, yeah, well, that's definitely where we missed out next with start the party, I guess, I think I thought they were growing up with us, we were partying and having a good time and looking positive, and um turns out that's not doesn't seem to be the case for anybody
1: at the time in retrospect it's like everything went too well with start the party like we were just all the things that went with hope that made hope good then meant that when we came to the next record everything was much better because hope had been good so we were just coming at it and it kind of like yeah everything's cool oh yeah and everything was just kind of like not not entirely straightforward. I know we had some issues with like little bits and bobs, but it was like we had a label. We still had a label. We still had the same management. We still, like there was a lot of continuity and a lot of things were just like set up in such a way that you just felt a bit more comfortable in doing what you were doing. It, it just didn't translate, I think, through to being, for me at least, I think a lot of my thing about, Start the party is like
2: yeah, the songs out as good. The songs on hope are way
1: better. Yeah, I agree. I also think I probably colour my perception of start the party based on what Start the Party did. So like it didn't do that well as a record in yeah. comparison. And it also just it started this sort of decline that eventually we just couldn't get like out of. So it was like it was the starting point of all of that stuff. So there's probably that's all like wrapped up in it as well. But yeah, it's just not as good a record as hope, as simple as that.
5: And um I I'm I'm sorry to ask this, Bob especially, um, but I've gotta because gotta play devil's out of the because 'cause I'll get nasty comments from people listening if I don't. Um with it being the tenth year anniversary, if festivals or gigs or anything like that do go ahead next year. Um and you there was an offer that came in to kind of maybe celebrate this in any way with a big show or anything would would that be something you guys would be open to or Jason with you?
2: <laughs> oh, well, you've been asked this before. I'd go I'd, if you ask it. I'd go.
5: <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> well, based on we based on the current situation, you might be the only one who's allowed in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are you asking me?
5: Well, I've, well, the, the, Sean, Gav and Bob, yeah. Okay. Um, but
6: well, everyone knows my. fucking well, thoughts, Yeah, we, yeah um, we know. And... I talk. I, I talk about every. Week
1: to a man. <laughs> <laughs> <a dead> <laughs> Putting my kids through college, <laughs> um, maybe. Hey, well, yeah, lots of the last chance. time you did <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> One in a million. <laughs> so you're seen there's a chance. Awesome, and that was way <laughs> off.
6: <odd>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well basically yeah. I suppose it's on you. Unless, unless, unless Gavin's changed his mind yeah. and now Gavin's like, Bob's like, "Oh, I, do you know what? I do it and now and Gavin's like, do you know what? Fuck you, I'm not gonna do it now. Which would be perfect, but we swap yeah. it out every year, every, yeah, yeah. Uh, every yeah. year. Just keep it fresh,
1: just yeah. keep it fresh. who's yeah, got the out card yeah. this year?
2: I think we should get Bob to do it and then Bob agrees and he sends us a sound check and we go and start the party only. <laughs> 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 Um, where's Bob gone he's walking off <laughs> he's
1: walking, <laughs> he's walking around today. a field he wanted to do it only one take walking around <laughs> the field
2: <laughs> right I'll see um, you boy on Tony next year, then I've got to tell go, I mean, I've got to my son driving
0: he, oh, nice. driving yeah what like learning to yeah, drive learning to drive yeah when did he become 17 <laughs> that's crazy that's 18 now wow For, uh, that's oh, 18 Jesus in two weeks
6: Christ that's insane he was about he
1: eight. When came we came did this yeah,
0: right.
6: It's
1: probably about <laughs> hey. If you had uh, to guess, like somewhere in the ballpark of eight, nine. Chap of about eight in jeans. <laughs> What's his name? Really? Todd. Really?
2: Seriously? Todd. Todd.
6: <laughs> Todd.
1: What? He was in the Nazis, but right. with extra facilities outside the Nazis.
6: Outside the Nazis cross my (laughs) ears anyway thank
2: you very much can i say something genuine and lovely and heartwarming at the end i love you guys you're very lovely special lovely people and the best thing about making music is meeting people that you'd be friends with forever because you've got a connection and we'll always have a connection around some of the good and bad records we made together and you're all lovely amazing people and you as well morgan so, I'm um, keeping the good work. You're all very special and very dear to me. And I love you all so much.
1: You too, so Jace. Please send the
2: you and changed our lives.
6: Same goes to you. Yes, you did. Yeah. For the better not for the worst but yeah thank you so much cheers Bob cheers Gav um, yeah, it's, been,
5: um, it's been very nice going down memory lane and you know, reminiscing about this album and, and everything if there's anything you guys would like to plug at the end of this you can I, don't, um, I know Jason you've been you've been busy recording but is there is there anything anyone would like to mention before we wrap this up
6: Jason who are you working with at the moment anybody good um, what's on all right, anybody good?
2: <laughs> they are good. They're very hey, good. Yeah, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. It's, it's a joke. On your podcast. Yeah, what you we on Broco? The album sounds really great. And a band called Chapter 13. They were amazing. Um, yeah. They still do Chapter 13, yeah? This yeah, you should do their stuff. It's incredible. So good.
1: Uh, I, yeah, the, Sean and I still have a band called Raiders. That still exists, despite... The external <laughs> perception that it might not, because we haven't done much <laughs> for a while. There is a song that one day might come out if we're allowed to do something about it with a make a bit of a promotional thing, and then you can see it. And it's a very good song, and then there'll be more songs in the future, provided we're allowed to be together so that we can write the songs. Nice. You've got this
2: music business thing licked, Bob. Hmm. You've got this new music business thing nailed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
6: More done. <laughs> Gav, is there anything you want to um, plug?
0: Uh, I'm taking the kids to school tomorrow. So people can up and see you? So they can come to... uh the kids <laughs> <off> <laughs> for the kids yeah. <laughs> Well, look out, get in the... Um, no, yeah, get, see, I'm, get, I'm get, still, still working at uh, all about the merch, the merch printing, t-shirt printing. Uh, been here, well, pretty much since the band's broke up. So we still hope, but surprisingly, since the uh, lockdown... But, uh, yeah, if, if you need merch, give me a holler on 0168.
6: <laughs> 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 Info at allaboutemerch.com. Right, right. Yeah, thank definitely. you. Cheers, guys. Nice one, boys. Love you, guys.
0: You're
6: listening Sammy Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I love seeing and hearing from Jason Perry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it.
5: One of my favourite things is him and Bob together because they just wind the one another up so much. Uh, Comedy oh, yeah. Goldman, Comedy Gold.
6: You couldn't have people from two polar opposites really come together. You got Jason, who I reckon ninety percent of the time is super happy loving life, trying to improve everyone's lives, make them better, show you how life is all right. And you've got Bob N who literally wants everybody on earth to be on fire at the same
5: time. (laughs) <laughs> it's true it's true but it was lovely to reminisce and get those stories from you know a record that was very important to you and this fan base and everything like that as I've mentioned in the conversation um, the amount of people I know with hope related tattoos is a high number and so you know Honkers. I think a lot of people Honkers. will enjoy this oh, if
6: anyone's got a hope tattoo or any blackout related tattoos please uh, get in touch on at and Pod on twitter and instagram because we want us I'd love to see them oh, Also, there's somebody out there. There's a fella I met at Merthyr Rock years ago who has a tattoo of me on his forearm. Now, that tattoo could have easily been made into a Jedward tattoo. Another nod to Jedward. Look, that's twice now, one episode. But I'd love to see that now and see the person again. So if anybody knows who that was, I'm sorry I forgot your name. I shouldn't have forgotten your name, obviously, because you've got me tattooed on your skin forever. Yeah. But also, you did make that mistake of having me tattooed on your skin forever. So that's not my fault. But also, kiss a bloody look at it. I'd love another look.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to know what's happened to it. Because, like, we yeah, talk wanna about, about it? I want to see how it's aged.
6: they bunged, they bunged to have covered it up. Maybe. I'd have covered it up. Yeah. Just because... Yeah, you've got, oh, this fella used to be a band, that is. What?
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, But I, I was surprised to hear how much of an influence on songwriter Reese was on this record.
6: Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. It's like when Jason come along, um, yeah, we just all started like throwing ideas out there. Like there's there's a part on Hope. We didn't mention this in the thing. Um, there's a part on the song Hope, if you ever listen to it, when it starts. And you can hear like harmonics on the guitar. Well, that was I was literally just sitting in the studio at the time, just playing them on Matthew's guitar, pissing about, and Jason was like, Oh, they fit perfectly over the top. It kinda sounds like um like a jewellery box or whatever. And I was like, Oh, cool And then that ended up on the record. So yeah. Yeah, we all had a bash. But yeah, Reese was very uh, prolific on this record as well, higher mm. and higher and Black Eyed Reeses it was called <laughs> yeah. originally because yeah. Jason thought it sounded like Black Eyed Peas if you put a woo! That's true. But yeah, it's just it was super good to hear all those stories and just be reminded of mad shit I've done and Songs we've got to put out, it's just bonkers. It's it's still mad to me to this day.
5: Yeah, and I quite enjoy doing episodes like this. It's a little bit different, getting a few people together and dissecting a certain subject or thing. So maybe we should be looking at doing a couple of other specials like this in the future, whether it's more blackout anniversary stuff or just things of bands we have a good relationship or friendship with or something like that. So if you're listening and go, I know what they should do, Give us some some suggestions at Sapping Pod on Twitter and Instagram.
6: Here's a suggestion. Let's get Dom Broke on to talk about a record they did with Jason Perry.
5: Ooh, that would be good. That would be good and ties in
6: nicely to this. Yeah. Let's get Machine on and... um yeah, get get somebody the machines work with on, and we'll have a chat with them. This I quite like this. I quite yeah. like this producer and ban and band's chat thing. So yeah, like I'm always up for hearing hidden things in records and you know crazy moments and stuff and good recording out there recording techniques or whatever so yeah it could be good like maybe if we did like the used and, and Feldy Ooh, now Something we're talking like, uh, Sean
5: well we've got the power so we might as well go fucking mad with it and just use it for do evil we? <laughs> when, do
6: we, when do we turn into he man
5: we've got the
6: power <laughs> Now we do one fucking podcast with Mikey <laughs> Way and that's it. You get followed by Mikey Way on Twitter and that's it. Now you're fucking oh. big,
5: big bollocks. Oh, not only that, we no, no. followed you on oh. Instagram as well this week now. So me and Mikey Way are best friends, I reckon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: mad, innit? It's fucking mad, innit it? Oh, he gets one follower, fucking Mikey Way, and he thinks he's a fucking dog's blocksman. Well, Nutter. you know, hey,
5: hey, if there's any proof to suggest that, it's that, innit? So at MH Richards underscore on Twitter and Instagram if you oh, wanna do what Mikey Way from my chemical romance did this past week.
6: Um oh, but- I love how, I love how you can do that. Hey guys <laughs> I know you're probably not as cool as. Uh, <laughs> I think there's somebody cooler follows me now. Um, hey guys, are you as cool as? Fuck! Flick through my book beer. If you guys want to be as cool as Josh Franceschi, I suggest you follow me on Instagram at Fake Smith or on Twitter at Sean Get him
5: in there, there. Get him in there. Um, just a, a couple of um, things I wanted to mention very quickly is. Uh, we should say a massive happy birthday celebrations this weekend for someone who's not only important to both of our lives sean but the podcast and the blackout and the wonderful hayley connolly
6: oh happy birthday lee um thank you ever so much for everything you've ever done for me that's um making the blackout um surprisingly popular that's getting us in magazines and on radio and getting in us interviews. There's your love that you've given us, given to us, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, the things you, you help with with the podcast are fantastic. You're an absolute superstar. I love you very much. And hopefully by now you've seen the video that me and the Blackout Boys did for you.
5: Also, am I right in saying that she's technically on Hope? Because um i had a look and somewhere she is credited as being a part of gang vocals if that's a thing yeah
6: well i think yeah what we did was when we were recording the album we had sections where we wanted gangs Hmm. and girls and stuff like that on so um yeah hayley came along claire maxwell was involved as well she was our day-to-day manager at the time of raw power but yeah hayley was involved and um yeah, I, I wonder how many people would have heard of us if it wasn't for Ailey. So, um, thank you very much, Ailey. Happy birthday. I love you very much. Thank you very much for everything you've done for me and my friends. You're an absolute superstar.
5: Yes, and speaking of bands you are in, um, today is Bandcamp Friday. And the first of every month, Sean, they do something very nice for artists around the world. So, tell us about that.
6: Yes, uh so while this uh virus is still about, Bandcamp are donating 100% of the money made on Bandcamp Friday to the artist. So if you know um anybody in a band who has a Bandcamp, today is the day to support them um because Bandcamp doesn't take a fee, so all money will go to the artist. So yeah, I'm in a band called Raiders. Please check it out raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com, but that's not the only reason we wanted to mention it but if you know anybody else who's got a band camp today is the day to support them if you're listening to this on Friday um, if you're not, you have to wait till bloody the first Friday of next month so um, yes, check it out Raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com
5: yes and before we wrap things up obviously if you've enjoyed this episode reach out to us on social media to let us know but we would love you forever and a day if you could head over to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin to check out all the extra bundles and rewards and bonus content you can get for being a supporter of sapnin as well as being included to a wonderful community of people who are literally our favourite of all time they make us smile every day and help this thing happen each and every week so if you head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin you'll be able to see more information there but we do need to give um, a massive shout out to the elite members of our patreon community if you head over to the description of this episode there's loads of names there that we need like to thank but sean's gonna read out their top tier names for you now and some of them might have changed to be funny some of them might have not um we'll find out
4: off your first order at Code
3: buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.
6: Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Lee Janelle Castan, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Young, Paul Hirschfield, Scooby Drew Styles, Mikey McDonald's, McMuffin Buns, Liam Conley, Kelly Cat Bess, and Sammy G, Amadine Urbano, Shai- Shani Meyer, Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Sarah James, Justin Dunn, Dana Laznava, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Murray Grimwood, Dan Gies, TJ, what's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. i <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Simon Amos, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Danny Eaton, or Yunad Note as he's changed his name to, Lucy Diaz, Emily Senegals, Martina McManus, Erin Howard, Becky Andy, John and Emma, Jenny Robertson, Jason Heredia, Louis Cook, Marcy Jacobson, Caroline Robinson, Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Carl Pendlebury, Livy Cropper, Stuart McNaught, James McNaught. Oh, happy birthday to Stuart McNaught for uh, last week thanks to Talula Grant Lydia Henderson Sharif Awadali Craig Harris Kerris Andrews Ollie Say Something naughty Here Amesbury, Chris Howard, Jacob Turner Josh I Have a Fear of German Sausages I Always Fear the Worst
5: Chris <laughs>
6: <laughs> Alice Wood Adam King of the Gulf Parslow and last by no means least Connor Lewins and his fantastic family thank you very much to all of those people thank you very much to everybody mentioned in the description thank you very much to anybody who's ever been involved with the Patreon it literally keeps us going at this point and um yeah it means the absolute 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 world to us for anybody who's joined um yeah you're absolute superstars i know i say this every week but it genuinely is keeping us going so thank you very much you're all stars and we love you very much check out the patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash happening because lately it's also become sort of some sort of love fest I've noticed.
5: Yeah. well everyone's always supported each other, but a little bit extra lately with everything going on. but we, we mean it, we mean it each and every week. It means the world to us, and we wouldn't be able to keep this thing going if it wasn't for it. So patreon.com forward slash happening. come and join the family. Um, but yeah, we'll be back now next Friday with another fantastic guest for you what? to sink your ears into. You are? we got to do one next Friday as well. Yeah, like every Friday like we've been doing for the last 123 weeks, Sean. Oh, it's a long time.
6: Taking for- this podcast is taking <laughs> forever, man. Can't we just do one and then just do another one in the future or something? Or do we have to keep going every week? Like?
5: Um, well, it's fun. It's more fun to do it every week. It's st- stressful, but it is more fun
6: all right fair enough and let's keep going yeah we will be back next week with episode 124 where we will be talking um to a band about their new album Ooh, ooh, you can't see this but i'm doing magic hands ooh, <laughs> mysterious <laughs> but yes thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this uh at sapinipod on twitter and instagram patreon.com forward slash sapinipod at Raiders Band UK on Twitter and Instagram, and RaidersBandUK.bandcamp.com to listen and purchase the music. At MH Richards underscore on Twitter and Instagram for Morgan. At Sean Smith sucks on Twitter for me. At fake Sean Smith on Instagram. Those names are the reason I cannot get verified. Mm. Anyway, fucking
5: Sutman, Sutman.
6: You're listening to Savlin' Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.